you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. And you know what, speaking of five days a week, if you need more on the Southeastern Conference, definitely check out Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And yesterday at the South End Zone Complex at Faroe Field, the Missouri assistant coaches met with the media yesterday. And of course, some interesting nuggets came out of those interactions including Jethro Franklin, Missouri's new defensive line coach, revealing some interesting tidbits about how he wants his defensive line to play this coming season. If you're a fan of Craig Kuligowski and his style of play, well, you're probably going to like what he has to say. Also, another gridiron glossary segment coming up for you, born out of Jethro Franklin's comments. But you know what? First, let's talk a little bit granular, the big picture. And let's think about last year. In fact, tight end coach Casey Woods put it quite well, saying that this time a year ago, we'd only been through three spring practices. So think about that. Three practices is all they had during that whole pandemic spring period before obviously everything was shut down. Well, practically everything in the world was shut down not just college football, as we all know. But again, just keeping in mind that most first seasons for any football coach, there's going to be some growing pains. And remember, Eli Drinkwitz is only 38 years old. He only has two seasons now, one before last season of actual head coaching experience. His first season in the SEC with an all-SEC schedule, when you take all those circumstances into account, Five and five is a fairly miraculous finish for the Tigers last year, I would say. So now the Tigers are obviously going to be much further along this season with the actual installs of their basic offense. And now you'll now the coaches should have a much better handle on what their players' strengths and weaknesses are and how to best utilize their talents. What kind of plays are going to work for this offensive line, for instance? How do we use Mookie Cooper best? How do we use Dominic Levette best? Well, this is all stuff that would have been really hard to figure out last season with such little amount of spring ball. In fact, Kiki Chisholm, who was a new guy on the squad last season, well, he started off really slowly. I don't think that's a coincidence before finishing quite strong. I'm expecting him and, of course, Connor Bazelak, now that he's had a full spring, knowing he's the starting quarterback, by the way, This should all be reasons for definite optimism if you're a Tiger fan this season, and especially going forward. If Eli Drinkwitz can pull what he pulled off in 2020, well, what can he do with an actual full season of off-season work? Now, some Missouri fans, when Oklahoma and Texas officially joined the Southeastern Conference, well, some Tiger fans got nervous. Isn't it already hard enough to win in the SEC without – our old rivals, Oklahoma and Texas, joining the party as well. But you didn't see any of that kind of hesitation from the Missouri coaching staff. In fact, 
defensive backs coach, new defensive backs coach, in fact, Aaron Fletcher and running back coach Curtis Looper were all encouraged by it. We're actually excited. In fact, they're chomping at the bit, it seems, to delve further into Texas recruiting. And they think, yeah, being right in Texas's back door on a regular basis now, this should all lead to good things for Missouri. This is That was my initial reaction as well. So I'm glad to see that there's coaches on the actual Missouri staff who actually recruit who are feeling much the same way. I find that quite encouraging. And Missouri's new defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, seemed very encouraged by what he saw in spring ball, too, especially when it came to turnovers. Wilkes revealed that while Missouri only had, I believe, about 10 turnovers forced in the 2020 campaign during spring ball, his squad got about 30-some-odd turnovers in spring, which sounds like a lot, quite honestly, but I have no way to really contextualize any of that, considering I don't know how many snaps the offense took without turning the ball over during spring ball. But you know what? If Steve Wilkes is encouraged, then I'll choose to be encouraged as well. Because quite honestly, if you're a Missouri fan, you could just as easily say, well, while Basilek didn't throw a lot of interceptions last year, still... Missouri fumbled the ball a little bit too much for, for my liking. And, well, if we're going to be better than expected in 2021, unlike last season, we better win the turnover battle. There's no doubt about that. And there's also no doubt that Missouri would like to hit more explosive plays during the 2021 season than it did last year. Hopefully, that includes freshman receivers Mookie Cooper and Dominic Lovett. And I want to talk more about those guys coming up, including the punt returner position that both of those guys could potentially factor into. But first, let me tell you about rockauto.com, which is, frankly, the fastest, easiest, and best way, period, to find all of your auto parts online. Not only can you save money, you can save time when using rockauto.com. Just go to their website, Narrow down exactly what you want, whether it's a new carpet inside, maybe you need a tail lamp, or even just some motor oil like I bought the other day. Got me some some solid Mobile One synthetic for my truck the other day, and boy, that sucker is humming along now. So thank you to rockauto.com. We made it so easy to find that oil. Gave me the best price possible. So you know what? I encourage you to do the same thing right now. So go to rockauto.com. See all the parts available for your vehicle, and write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably, low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com I think it's been rather obvious to most of us who follow the Tigers closely that Mookie Cooper is going to start at the slot receiver position this fall. You could tell that was the case during spring ball. Just go to the spring game and guess who was in there getting almost all of those reps with the first team over the previously ensconced Jalen Knox. Did I use ensconced correctly there? Oh, well, who cares? Let's move on. The point is, I think, while Missouri obviously expects Mookie Cooper to be a big part of this offense, and that's been obvious for a while, I think it's even more encouraging to hear what Missouri's coaching staff had to say about freshman receiver from East St. Louis, Dominic Lovett. Because, again, Missouri, if they're going to be more explosive, 
there aren't a ton of obvious options who are on last year's roster that have that kind of explosion, but Lovett is definitely that kind of kid. And it was also encouraging to hear that he can play inside and outside because I want him and Cooper, him being Lovett, to be on the field at the same time because I was a little bit worried that, okay, if these guys are both going to be on the field at the same time, are they both going to have to play the slot which means we'll have to have four receivers, which possibly takes Daniel Parker or any tight end off the field. It's got to hurt your run blocking, that type of thing. Now, obviously, I'm sure Missouri will play some four-receiver sets at times. I just didn't want that to have to be their base offense unless that's what they want to do. I didn't want them forced into it. So the fact that Lovett may be a big-time playmaker on the boundary and not just in the slot, that's that's a really encouraging slot. Uh, I'm sorry, a really encouraging sign and actually lines up with the kind of playmaking that you saw from him in high school. Also interesting to note that special teams coach Eric Link said that both Cooper and Lovett are getting looks at punt returner as well. And notably, Lovett didn't drop one ball all spring. So to me, while they mentioned Chris Abrams' drain last year, putting him back there as a true freshman, they said, you know what, maybe we put a little bit too much pressure on him early. But you know what, if Lovett truly didn't drop one ball all spring, and I have no reason to doubt that, I think he can handle it, and with his kind of explosive playmaking, I'd I'd definitely be favoring him as the punt returner, but Cooper definitely profiles as the kind of guy who can be a good punt returner as well, and after last season, that's a big deal, because Missouri obviously was just struggling to catch the punt at times early in the season, especially famously they muffed two against LSU and won that game anyway. By the way, how many times has Missouri muffed two punts and won a close game anyway? I'd say that might be about the first time in history. So let's not try to make that a trend. And while Cade Musser last year, the walk-on receiver and, and returner last year, did a fairly admirable job just securing the football, which is all Missouri needed, he was basically a fair catch it every single time guy. And if you have no threat back there whatsoever to at least – make up some field position, well, that hurts your offense. You're putting yourself, you're making it harder on your offense than it needs to be. I think if either Cooper or Lovett, perhaps even both guys, maybe they trade it off a little bit, if we can have our best punt returner since at least Rashad Floyd a few years ago, I can make a big difference for the Tigers because guess what? Even if you get an extra 10, 15 yards out of a punt situation, well, that significantly increases your odds of actually scoring points on that particular drive. Now, in the past, I would be curious which one, if both of those young men, would be the kickoff returner as well. But the way kickoffs, the way the rules are now, you might as well just put somebody back there who can catch it because it's a touchback, what, seemingly 75 to 85% of the time. I know Missouri's kicker, Sean Ketting, was booting that thing through the back of the end zone all the time. But again, with the fair catch rules, you get it at the 25-yard line regardless. I, the kick returns, are not only is it boring right now, they're so boring. Here's how I would actually design my kick return unit. I actually wouldn't design it based on trying to get any kind of yardage on the return. 
My Here's my hot tip, by the way, if you're on the first line of the kick return team in the year 2021, just worry about onside kicks. That should be your absolute first and possibly only priority because it is, again, it's just touchbacks galore out there. And one turnover easily negates a you know a 20 a return out to the 40 yard line or something like that I'd much rather just take the ball to 25 every single time and just tell my return unit possess the ball do not let them surprise on side kick it on you if you let that happen I'm pulling your scholarship that's what I would tell those guys obviously I'm being a little hyperbolic there but that's got to be the mentality because the kick return is now the most boring play. It used to be one of the most exciting plays in all football. Well, now it's the most boring play in college football. So again, if you're on that team, worry about the onside kicks first. And once you know that ball's over your head, okay, now worry about blocking somebody. And I do still want to get to my gridiron glossary segment surrounding the Missouri defensive line that's sure to make fans of Craig Kuligowski excited. But first, I do want to remind you that betonline.ag has all kinds of college football specials happening all the time. For instance, right now you can bet on who is going to be Florida State, Mississippi State, Ohio State, Tennessee, A&M. A whole bunch of big-time programs have questions at quarterback. And if you think you have an insight on that, well, you can put down a few shekels on Joe Milton, for instance, being the starting quarterback at Tennessee, or maybe the other three guys are more of your speed. Who knows? There's a heck of a lot of options. And in fact, hey, Quinn Ewers, remember, you heard of that guy? He actually has a three-to-one shot to be the starting quarterback at Ohio State this fall. That strikes me as a little bit on the low side. I'd take maybe 10-to-1 on that, a kid who was Supposed to be in high school this fall, but you know what? NIL has quite the pull, doesn't it? But regardless, this I hope this read pulls you over to betonline.ag because when you go there, sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's right. When you use the promo code Locked On, it's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. As a longtime Missouri Tigers fan and as a Kansas City Chiefs fan in the NFL as well, from my experience, any time a new defensive coordinator or coach comes in and starts saying the words read and react, it never goes well. Again, that's just my experience. So I'm sure a lot of you will agree who are again fans of Coach Kuligowski from back in the D-line zoo days. Well, new defensive line coach Jethro, Jethro Franklin said he wants his defensive linemen to be aggressive and get up the field. And specifically, he, said, he says we're mostly going to be a one-gap technique kind of defensive line. And this leads me quite naturally into yet another gridiron glossary segment. So what is the difference between a one-gap technique for a defensive lineman and a two-gap? Well, number one, if you're a one-gap player, your responsibilities are just more simple. Let's imagine that you're a defensive end right now. You're lined up against an offensive tackle. 
Well, in your typical one-gap defense, my responsibility is going to be the gap to the outside shoulder of that tackle. In other words, they're going to snap the ball, and I'm essentially just going to rush my big self to the outside of that tackle. And if a running back has the ball, if he's running my way, well, it's going to be my job to tackle him or at the very least send him back inside, send him the other way. And on a passing play, certainly, obviously I'm going to try to get to the quarterback, but it's also my job to not let that quarterback, especially if he's a good scrambler, get outside of my gap, my rush lane, essentially. Those are my responsibilities. Now, in a two-gap system, it's a little bit different because now, again, imagine you're a defensive lineman. Well, in a two-gap technique, I'm going to be lining up straight head-on with that tackle, and at the snap of the ball, well, I'm going to read the play for a second, and I can either go right of that tackle or I can go left of that tackle, essentially, and I'm going to I'm going to make that decision based on what the blocking scheme is. Again, I have to give myself a beat to read and react to that play. Now, typically, these two-gap type players, they're going to be bigger guys because they have to take up space. They have to literally take up a gap, take up space, and allow linebackers to then clean up the play, for instance. We saw Nick Bolton doing a lot of cleaning up of run plays last season. That's for darn sure. So typically, these one-gap style defensive linemen, again, this is, this is typical. There's nothing written in stone here. But these type of guys are, tend to be more athletic style players that are better pass rushers, whereas your two-gap players are maybe going to be larger men that are better against the run. So... Obviously, in this one-gap style system, I think Missouri will probably get to the quarterback better. That just makes sense. But, of course, as we saw under the Kuligowski style of pass rushing, well, and this, this is true for any one-gap style of defense, it is going to leave you more vulnerable to misdirection and delay-type tactics. Think draw plays and counters and any type of trap play, something like that, any type of play that, hey, we're going to fake it this way and go the other, well, if you're just going to be just rushing upfield in one gap with reckless abandon, well, sometimes you're going to create a false step and you use that aggression against that defensive line and you get them upfield and suddenly you just run right by them. Best example, obviously, the 2013 SEC championship game where Missouri was just unable to adjust to all of that Auburn misdirection and delay-type tactics. So ultimately, while Ryan Walters obviously preferred a press, man-to-man style defense the past couple years at Missouri, I think you're going to see a return to a maybe a more aggressive style of Gary Pinkle defense that we got used to back in the day, not only with the w- aggressive one-gap style defensive line play, but also on the back end, I think you're going to see a lot more zone coverage this season. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Steve Wilkes has been very open about that preference, but I think you'll see plenty of both situational blitzing as well. It's not. I don't think he's he's been open that he's not just going to sit back either. So with all that being said, 
Thanks for joining me once again on this edition of Locked on Mizzou, and I definitely encourage you, as always, to check out my friends Lee Sterling and your, your boy Q over at Locked on Bets. Got to be my favorite show on this network. I, I hate to say that because there's so many great shows on this network, but Locked on Bets is kind of the perfect format for the Locked On Network. It just works. It really does in this daily digestible format that we prefer here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So once again, thanks for joining me. And I am John Miller. And this has been Locked on Mizzou.